Hello and welcome back to a very long-awaited Let's All Laugh Ad, uh, the football podcast that's discussing all the latest events and having a laugh at someone else's expense. I'm your host, George Pavlou, and today I'm joined by uh, and long-time uh, co-host Andrew Aziz and Alex. Alex, I think we... Did we have you on an episode before? I swear we did. I think yeah. two or three, yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's, yeah, both, both, um, both old faces back again. So... Guys, welcome back. Great to have you. How have you been? Um, glad football is back because lockdown is so dull. So yeah, <laughs> I mean it gives us something to talk about at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's get on to that then. Um, I mean, you know, there's really one place to start. Project Restart, as you know, everyone's been calling it. Um, obviously, for those if you somehow don't know, football suspended. Um, from I think the 10th of March that that weekend, that week on Thursday, I think it was was the Premier League was officially suspended up until resuming on the 17th of June to catch up on the, or the 18th, that, 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 that Wednesday is when it resumed um, to catch up on the, on the game in hand, the games in hand to so City, Arsenal, Village, Sheffield United, and it's just been going since. Um, so yeah, what's, what have you guys made of it so far? Do you think it's been a success or? Mm, I think the first halves of most games have been quite lethargic. Mm. Um I think everyone's noticed that, but it's um, it's getting better. I think I think the Liverpool game, not for you, but the Liverpool game yesterday was <laughs> good quality. And I think the City games have been. I mean, City have been so far. They've been you know in top form. Um, I do think there is a bit of a drop off, but to be fair, that's to be expected. The players haven't played for three three months, so you know you're going to get a bit of a drop off, aren't you? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Alex, I mean, I've just been back and forth on the whole crowd noise thing because some games have it, some games don't, and some games have it as like an optional feature. I know BBC was like had a had a mode where you could just not get the noise on. I mean, what what have you made of it? Um, I'll be honest, I've not had a game without sound yet. I've been using NBCSN, and every single game they've had has had sound. Um, but to be honest, I'm I'm a fan of it. I don't mind it at all. I originally thought it was going to be a bit sort of cheesy, a bit sort of out of sync, and all that sort of stuff. But no, generally, I'm I'm quite happy with it. I, I think um, they've had a couple in the first couple of games where they had the crowd noise, and like they'd have a shot which like hits the side netting. But they do the sound of like fans cheering for a goal, <laughs> cheering for a goal. So it's really weird. You like, oh, and then you realise no, it's just the the fakes. So I think the guy who's pressing the button has to be like a hundred percent sure it's going in the goal. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think it's I think it's uh, it's much better than listening to the players. It just sounds so eerie when you listen without sound. It's another way where these big broadcasters have potentially covered their own backsides with swearing yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's a good point yeah i mean i haven't really been bothered either way by it personally i mean i did find it very jarring at first like andrew said because i was listening to most of the games on the radio uh because you know i don't have i don't have sky or anything like that but uh like i mean i didn't again once you get used to it after a while when i watched the game on the bbc the the palace game palace bournemouth game on the bbc um and that had the crowd noise Again, it's a little jarring because there's a slight delay in the sound because they have to actually play it in reaction mm. to what's happened. But, I mean, you, you get used to it very quickly. You, you're more focusing on the football than anything. Uh, but, yeah, on to the actual games themselves then. I suppose there's no better place to start than our own teams. And, and we'll start with your team, Andrew, Newcastle. Um, 
Bit of an unexpected return, Sam Watt, for you lot. I mean, 3-0 to start with against Sheffield United. Joe Linton getting his first goal in about five years. Um, slightly more disappointing 1-1 draw against Villa on Tuesday night. Um, or when, was it last night? Excuse me. Like, night, yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could tell I'm still out of whack from the lockdown. But yeah, what, what have you made of your start so far? Um, I think the Sheffield United game, we played we played well. Um, Sheffield United do not look like the same team. I'm no. sure Man U found that as well. I think they defensively, they weren't very organised. There was lots of gaps. Egan had a terrible game for, for them and got sent off. So it made our game much easier. Um, but it was obviously it's a nice win, um, you know, against a team that's in the top half. Um, the Villa game, I, to be honest, two not very good teams playing against each other. You know, I think a point was fair. I've got to say, Jack Grealish should not be playing at Aston Villa. He's just too talented. He's just like, he doesn't give the ball away. He's just, I just think he's, he's got, he's got, a, well, even if Villa stay up, he needs to be playing for like a top four club. And he's, he's just an excellent footballer. I know he, I know he messed up during the lockdown with breaking the, um, being a bit naughty and breaking the rules. But uh, yeah, I think, it shows with two not very good teams when someone stands out so much. <laughs> well, that's one way of putting it, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Grealish. I mean, to go into a top four team, do you think he can play any of the teams like a Liverpool or a City? Um, I mean, even Leicester have James Madison, so... Um, so, I don't think he'd fit into Leicester because him and Madison are pretty much the same position. Yeah. Um, he probably could play for Liverpool um, and I think he could definitely play for Man City. Yeah, I think really someone. I mean, I don't know. Would you would you take him at Chelsea, Alex? Um, I always go to and from with that because mm. I think we've got too many midfield like attacking mm. midfield players. But at the same time, I you you sort of be stupid to say no. Because like, I mean, for me, if looking at Chelsea's squad, Grealish would be better than Barkley and William. Um, yeah, agreed. And probably Pulisic as well. I know he scored, but like, I still take Grealish over. Um, but I guess it's the same position a bit as Mason Mount, isn't it? So it might stunt his development. No, yeah, with those sort of players coming through, and you know we've also got the likes of Ziyech coming over. Yeah. It's it's just I you know I just don't know if he would actually be able to fit in. Yeah, no, he's undoubtedly a very good player. And I've, I've got no doubt he could play in the top six side, but it's a case of, you know, he'll probably start off as a squad player and then work his way into the team, mainly because of their strength and depth. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of clubs will be tailing up in the, the window. Um, Alex, just a quick word on Sheffield United. Um, I mean, obviously, before the restart, they looked a really solid team. You know, I, I thought they were with certainties to get Europa League, especially with Man City's Champions League ban. But I mean, now, 3 0 against Newcastle, 3 0 against Sheffield United. I mean, a nil-nil against Villa. I know they have that goal disallowed by goal-line technology, ironically. But, I mean, they're struggling at the moment. They'll be lucky to get top half of this, right, surely? Yeah, no. I, if, you know, if you can realise what the table was, you'd imagine United would be down near the bottom, if not struggling to stay up. But because of their great start to begin with, you know, they beat most, I think, if, if not beat, they were unbeaten against the top six was it in the first set of games um so you know they did really well but yeah looking at them now they're they're really struggling and it you know if they finish outside the top 10 it you'd have to be quite disappointed for them to be honest 
Yeah, it's weird saying that, isn't it? When most people were getting, myself included, writing them off to get relegated. Yeah, I mean, in, in you know, if, if, you, if you'd offered Sheffield United, you know, 10th or 11th place at the start of the season, they'd snapped your hand off. But after the start that they've had, it would seem a bit disappointing. But again, I mean, Chris Wilder is a good manager, so maybe he, he, may, he may be able to turn things over. They haven't got... They haven't got the best fixtures, but you know, I'm sure they can. I'm sure they can have a decent end to the season. I, hopefully, I just want an honourable mention for the Villa Sheffield United game, which was possibly one of the worst games ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. You wait all that time for Thank God to come the back. VAR, sorry, the um, Hawkeye, not Hawkeye. The Haw- no, it was Hawkeye. Yeah. Controversy because yeah. there's literally nothing in that match. <laughs> No, yeah, I agreed. I was so bored listening to it. God knows what it was like watching it. <laughs> so yeah, moving on to moving on to my team, uh, Crystal Palace. Um, very much chalk and cheese for us, I think it's fair to say. I watched the Bournemouth game, like I said. I thought we were brilliant that game, especially first half. I think we we looked like we were one of the few teams that looked like we hadn't we hadn't even been in lockdown. We looked like we just carried on what we've been doing. I thought Bournemouth were were very very poor in fairness. Um, but so, but I mean I mean they play a style and they're in a position that very much suits us. They had to win at home. They had to come and attack us. We could just sit back, soak up pressure, and hit them on the break. I thought our two goals were very good. And yeah, but obviously last night's game against Liverpool was a very different story. I mean to tell the truth, I knew we were going to get thrashed as soon as I saw that lineup. Guaita out, Benteke out, and then obviously Wilf came off 15 minutes in with his injury. Uh, I don't think we don't. None of those seem to be too bad. I doubt they'll be out for too long. But yeah, it was. You've got to give credit to Liverpool and fairness. They are. They were just unbelievable. Arguably their best performance of the whole season. That's saying something. Their I goals mean, were just brilliant. All all of their goals were just. I mean the Fabinho goal. I mean the Trent free kick is just. Well, you, you, just, you know you know you know you know what I'm going to say in response to that, don't you? I mean, did you see the gap that Hennessy was leaving he on his side? Gap, but he did. He gave them the whole. Right it is right in the corner. It was a good free kick, and Fabinho's was a great goal. Not taking anything away from them, but. The re- there's, a, there's a reason he's conceded so many screamers in his time. You know, Andy Carroll's bicycle kick, Giroud's scorpion kick, Deli Alley's double volley, Dimitri Payet's free kick. You know, this one. That's just off the top of my head. The reason teams do it is because t- players know they can have a go from a long... They, they fancy having a punt from a long distance because mm-hmm. they know he's not a very good keeper. I mean, you saw it with other Liverpool players as well. I think, I think it was Mane who had a go from long range, or it might have been Salah. Um, he he's, you know, put it wide, but Liverpool players were queuing up to get goals, so... Again, I'm not. It's a write-off. We've seen this before with Roy before, where he'll rest. Last season, when we went to Spurs, their first game in the stadium, we rested players. You know, we didn't take the game seriously. And the next week, we beat Newcastle one 0 to go under 40 points. So it's happened before. I'm not really that bothered about the result. The only thing, the thing that really annoyed me, and you know, Andrew, I was talking to you about this about your last with you last night, is you know, the, the, I didn't like how Roy wasn't using the youngsters on the bench. I mean, our squad is stretched enough as it is. You know, he he did bring get Brandon Pierrick on with. 10 minutes to go, in fairness, but, I mean, Wilf went off after 15 minutes and he decided to play Max Meyer, a central attacking midfielder, out wide because he just doesn't trust the youngsters that much. And even in his press conference, he was like, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I'd expect to find a bottle of wine on my desk because I gave him 80 minutes and against an empty Anfield when, he's, when, when we're 4-0 down. Um, and the only reason I brought him on was because oh, you needed a rest. And it's like, I mean, how do you think he's going to feel about that? We're putting so much money into our academy to train our players. Um, and we're being treated like that. I mean, I, I, I respect Roy. You know, obviously the work he's done with our squad this season is no one would have expected. He's I'm lucky thinking. that he's at the games. Everyone was like, oh, he's well, exactly, yeah. Old, he's over seventy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd have, I'd have snapped <laughs> your hand what off. Are you for, gonna do? Yeah, I mean, I've snapped your hand off for tenth at this point in the season, but I do worry that you know we've got an aging squad as is. There is a lot of rebuilding that needs to be done over the next couple of years, and. You know, we need to use our academy as much as we can. I think we've got some youngsters that can make it. And if he's not going to give them minutes, then 
I don't know, Alex, am I overreacting? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think, um, I mean, obviously as a Chelsea fan, I've seen it first hand where our squad gets a bit yeah, old and we've, we've got actual talent in the youth that they just don't didn't want to be used and now we're, we're benefiting from it this year. So I think Palace have had some good youngsters come through the system um, you know, Wan-Bissaka and I mean, I'm struggling a few. So days, many youngsters, you can list them all. Zaha, <laughs> fine, Moses. Zaha, Victor Moses, yeah. Zaha, Moses, of course. Like. I mean, to be fair, most of them, most of them did break through in the championship, and I get that it's hard to break through into a Premier League team, but I still think a lot of these guys could have done better if they'd been given more time. But yeah, I mean. Hodgson's obviously one of those managers where he's he's very disciplined, the very sort of stuck yeah. in his own ways and it's not not to use the term he's a dinosaur as such but <laughs> wow I mention this every time he did put Harry Kane on corner so. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah nice and early <laughs> yeah I mean you know it's <laughs> yeah I mean again I won't say him too much but it is a case of you know I, to be fair at least if it was one I'm glad it's the board that are focused on the the youth players what with the academy upgrades and that and the manager's a bit less reluctant and rather than the other way around because the manager's more of an easy fix and I doubt Roy is going to be our manager for that much longer anyway so it's not the end of the world just something I'm a bit disappointed by but yeah I guess we've got to mention Liverpool I mean obviously a great performance from them I mean after quite a disappointing performance against Everton as well I mean definitely a good good bounce back for them I know could be a way to wrap up the title depending on what happens tonight mm, I just I just think that the, the way they play is they've got such a in like great pressing style and they're now they're controlling games they, they do lose a bit if they don't have Mane and Salah playing but I mean this season you know it's it's a shame they lost to Watford because they probably deserve to go unbeaten <laughs> they've been that good um, but yeah I think it's just been an incredible season. You, they're going to go down as one of the best Premier League teams ever, to be honest. So, um, and I think winning the Champions League as well. I, they've won it now that they've won it. They've got more credence to the claim that they are one of the best teams ever. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we touched on this briefly. Um, obviously, the one game left to play tonight is Chelsea Man City. I think it's just kicked off. Yeah, just kicked off. So we'll keep you updated on that one if anything happens. Um, obviously, your team, Alex, you've only played one game so far, 2-1 win at Villa after being 1-0 down. Yeah, what have you made of it so far? Um, I mean, obviously, I can only go after the, the Villa game and then hopefully we, we do something with City. But um, we we looked like we used to um, in the bad sense where we start off slow and then you know, we got fortunate. I think it was 112 seconds where we had two goal turnaround, which... You know, it's it's ridiculous when you think about it. I know we dominated Villa, but for such a slow start, start, I can't even speak at the minute, but such <laughs> a slow start, it's it's one of those things where you're just hopeful it's the, the start of the season again and it's, you know, it's just a bit of lethargicness and a bit of slowness and getting used to things and obviously the heat's not helping. You know, it's, what, 29, 30 degrees at the minute, but... Um, hopefully, as I say, it's just the the start of things, and you know we we pick things up because I think Liverpool start. Did, uh, I can't remember who Liverpool played in their opener, but I believe they were slowish, were they not? 
Yeah, against Everton. Maybe. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's the, the game. You know, Merseyside derby, which is one game you'd normally think about straight away, and it's just it was just poor. It was a game where you just want to like easily forget about. <laughs> yeah. but no, I mean, you know, it's for me. It's as long as we get our Champions League spot, then I don't really care what I see on the pitch. <laughs> Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, obviously, you've been very busy in the transfer market already with both Timo Werner and Zayek from Ajax. Um, obviously, both excellent signings, both fantastic starts for the window. I just wonder, you mentioned your academy there as well. Um, do you not wonder, as good as these worry as good as these signings are, that they may be sort of going back on the progress that Lampard might have made with his players, or do you just reckon they weren't really good enough? No, I think, to be honest, the... Uh... We've got old older players leaving, so Willian and Pedro. Pedro's supposedly off to Roma because they've they've both signed extensions, but I think they'll both leave at the end. Willian, for me, is a player that I've never understood the criticism that comes his way. I've always felt he has been one of our better players. Don't get me wrong; I, there's always stuff where he can improve or stuff that he makes the wrong decision at times. But I, I generally think he's been one of our better players for a fair few years now. But the players coming in, obviously, OK, Timo Werner might impact Harry Abraham a little bit more. But I think that can actually gonna... help Abraham. He might go down to third choice because Giroud's playing pretty well. <laughs> there, there's talk to people There's talk to people signing Giroud, though. I know the likes of, I think it's Leon and I know West Ham have been linked to him because, of course, they have. <laughs> I, think a couple of, I think a couple of teams abroad as well, so he might not stay. No, I think, to be honest, we probably extended his one-year deal just to be able to get um, the money out of it. Yeah. But, hell, if he's playing well now, you, you never know. Because, yeah, it's, it's possible he can play. I've got no problem. I think he's playing against City today um, instead of Tammy. Oh, so... uh, yeah, he is. Willian yeah. and Pulisic alongside him. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. I think, like you say, you know, to get Werner in for, I think, 50 million, it's it, he's not going to sit on the bench. But no. And, you know, for the player he is, if that release clause wasn't there, you'd probably spend double that to bring him in. Um, so, no, I don't think it's going to disrupt the youth too much. I think Lampard's very much focused on the youth. You know, you've got, like, Billy Gilmore coming through. Callum Hudson Adoy. Hudson Adoy has gone off the boil this year. Though, he's he? gone off the boil, but he yeah. had a serious injury, didn't he, last year? Yeah. He is still a young lad as well. He's got a lot of time to improve. Don't get it's me wrong. Like, I don't do think, you think he's going to get in? I don't think he should be earning 150 odd thousand pounds a week or whatever it is. Like, you know. That was buy-in money, wasn't it? They, they I was, yeah. To buy in, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it looks like Bayern will get Sane now anyway. But Hudson Odoi is a player I still expect a few things from. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is another. You know, I, I think he's still yeah. fairly young. He doesn't stay fit. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, he did stay fit at Palace and he was on loan there. So you get 25 games. Yeah, I know. You know. We'll happily take him off your hands, don't worry. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to do a Mourinho, but he's probably, you know, you know, blame the doctors somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember Loftus Cheek when I was when he was at Palace. Um, I knew Roy's first season; he was unbelievable. Probably our player of the season that year, alongside Wilf. Um, I mean, the football has gone massively downhill since he left because he was such an important part of that team. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd I'd have him back in a heartbeat for sure. But I think he's definitely talented enough to get into to Chelsea's team if he can stay fit. 
but yeah, um, I mean, the likes of Zayek and, and Werner, I mean, Andrew, Chelsea have got to be title contenders next season, surely. Uh, no, still. I think <laughs> I just think Liverpool and Man City are too far ahead of them still. Um, I have questions about Chelsea's centre-backs as well. Um, yeah. I rate Rudiger, but I'm not sure about the other centre-backs they have. Um, OK, yeah, I suppose they've probably... I suppose no, I, was more... I, just think, I think Liverpool and City are on another level to... I mean, they may close the gap, but I think I just think if 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 Klopp stays, if Salah stays, and if City strengthen their defence, like there's still going to be a massive gap between the top two and the rest of the league. I think. Yeah, fair enough. It's definitely an encouraging start for them, though. And then you know, you mentioned City. Um, they've been obviously you mentioned before they've been brilliant so far. Three nil against Arsenal, and then five nil against Burnley. You know, it, it always feels a bit like too little, too late, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's. Um... I think as well the thing that they're they've not really been put under pressure their defence so the game at the Etihad against Liverpool will be the test for their defence so the, the whole issue they've had is you know they've had so many different partners um, John Stones and Otamendi have been awful this year Fernandinho's had to fill in Laporte's been injured it's been just just the decision not to buy someone to replace Vincent Company has cost them but if they go are still in the Champions League next year and they can attract a good centre-back, I think they'll be right up there with Liverpool. Yeah, I, I definitely think that it's been a disappointing season for City and I'd be very surprised if you know Guardiola doesn't make sure they bounce back. Just remember, they could still win the League Cup, the FA Cup, and they could still win the Champions League. Well, exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> They're not a small team by any means. Yeah, I mean... I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that hopefully we'll have more of an exciting title race next year as well, because this one has been as good as it's been for Liverpool. For everyone else, it's just been like, you know, just 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 hand them the trophy already, especially after the especially after the restart. I mean, I'm not saying everyone. I'm sure a lot of people don't want them to win it. But in case of, you know, just get it over with already, because we all know it's been coming for ages. I, um, I do think if they win the title, that social distancing will go out the window in Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you know, 30 years, I cannot see them keeping to the social distance. <laughs> you know, it might just do us all a favour, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree with all that. <laughs> so, um, let's move on to probably the most publicised topic of the last week since the restart, and that is our good old friends at Arsenal. So we mentioned before they lost 3-0 in their first game to City. David Luiz um, has been the main talking point of that, obviously having a, a collection of errors, including leading to a couple of goals and getting himself sent off as well. I think he had an FPL score of minus three, which I'm pretty sure was the lowest I've ever seen. Um, and obviously, even when they didn't have him in the team for the Brighton game, they went and lost 2-1, 1-0 up and then a last minute Brighton winner, because of course they did. They had a better performance tonight, to be fair. 2-0 um, over Southampton. Southampton weren't their best, to be fair goalkeeping error and a, and a red card so it was a, it's a good it was a good bounce back from them in fairness but I mean off the pitch as well it's getting news that David Luiz has signed a one-year extension and also Cedric Suarez who I'll be honest I didn't even know was at Arsenal I thought he was still at Southampton I had no idea he went there on loan um, hasn't played a game for them and then uh, Pablo Mari as well and then uh, Ceballos from Real Madrid has extended his loan deal. I mean, Andrew, this is just all so bizarre from them, isn't it? What the hell's going on at Arsenal right now? Like, I just don't understand Arsenal's transfer policy. David Luiz has been sent off every six and a half games he's played for Arsenal. 
he literally doesn't he, it's not like he gets sent off in the 90th minute he gets sent off halfway through games <laughs> like and he's for me he typifies Arsenal very like laid back in terms of his defending he's great on the ball but I mean he's the game against City the mistake for Sterling and then the sending off you're just like you're 33 years old you're not 18 anymore. Like, you know that the game ends if you do this, but no, he still does it. Oh, just... I think if you look at their signings, it makes no sense. So Suarez has hardly played. He's not... I don't think he's even played one game. He's no, he hasn't. Prone. He's been injury prone throughout the, the spell. So, yeah, let's go buy him. Then you've got Pablo Mari. Again, injury prone, hardly played. I think he played one game. Then he came into the city game, got injured. It's out for three months. So, it's a bit <laughs> of a warning sign there. But no, let's spend 14 million... On, on him because you know he's, he's next season will be it'll be amazing it's just Arsenal's just they, they won't until they address the defence because I know they kept a clean sheet today but their defence is atrocious it is terrible I mean the Brighton game they're just so Boy had a won a game all year as well up until then yeah and like Mustafi makes the same error every single time he lets the guy run he's ball watchers and they're still playing him, and I just, I just think until Arsenal go, I know they bought Saliba for 25 million, and he, he's going to come back from his loan, but still they need some proper centre backs. That is the key for them to be a good team until until they address that. Then they'll, you know, they're not even. I think they're ninth or eighth. And, I mean, they're not even. In the they're top ninth now. Six. They just they just yeah. overtook us today with the win. They're not even in the top six. I mean, it's Arsenal. You could say they're probably, I would say, in my opinion, they're probably the third biggest team in the country behind Liverpool and United. So, I mean, I just think they're just so disorganised. And I thought Arteta would be better, but he's making the same mistakes that, you know, they made before. Yeah, I mean, Alex, a lot's been made about the whole Arteta thing. And I think it's fair to say that Arsenal have been in a bit of a decline for a long time now, pre and post Arsene Wenger. Um I was having this debate with some of my family. I mean, I just don't see Arsenal as a top club anymore, as a top six club. I know it's only been one season, but they just look so unprofessional on and off the pitch. I think there's so much rebuilding that needs to be done. And with this transfer policy, they've proven that they, they, they're not learning from their mistakes, or, you know, or at board level or management level. So, I mean, what, 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 as, as Arsenal's long-time London rivals, what, what do you think of all this? Well, you know, I, I'm pretty pleased. Um, no, <laughs> Yeah, to be honest, like I said, with Arsenal, it's for me, it would have been this summer would have been the best chance for Arteta to make his own, you know, decisions, make his own mark on the team, go in his own direction. Because obviously he took over in, I think, November or December. January is notoriously difficult to make any transfers or change things. But, you know, like Andrew just highlighted, they are making ridiculous signings when they potentially don't need to. You know, well, they need to make signings, but they don't need to make ridiculous ones. David Luiz, how he gets another year is beyond me, even as a, a Chelsea player. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I liked him during his heydays, but they were a long time ago. Um, I mean, we managed to get 50 million out of PSG for him mm-hmm. before... We then decided to take him back. I don't. He, quite... he had a very good season the year you won the league, didn't he? With Conte in the yeah, three. Yeah. In the in the three, but ever since he's just been atrocious. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, you know, you look at Arsenal's boardroom and contracts are running out. So Aubameyang's got one more year. I think Saka's got a year. 
I mean, Saka for me is one of the most exciting players to be in the Premier League at the minute for his yeah. age. Mm. Um, you know, he'd be one player I'd definitely pinch. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if a German club came in and said, "Yeah, we'll take him." But yeah, no, it's just a mess top from bottom. And this summer would have been ideal, but it looks like they're just going to follow the same same pattern, the same suit they have done for the last twenty years or so. Yeah, I mean, as an England fan especially, I want Saka to be playing at the highest level possible. And I definitely can't see get Arsenal getting in the Europa League next season, let alone the Champions League for several seasons at the rate they're going. I think they could be, I think they could be, you know, a mid-table side for a number of years if they carry on the way they are. I think it might be a bit of a stretch to say they'll do a lead, given how much financial backing they have with them. But, you know, you never know, depending on how well it's, how hard it's mismanaged. And, you know, I, it's, not an, it's not a good time to be an Arsenal fan right now. But yeah, just just on Brighton as well quickly, because it'd be unfair to mention them because they've had, I think that the restart probably came at a great time for them in fairness, because obviously it stopped all that rot that they had, not being able to win a game. Um, and they've come back and they've put in two solid performances against Brighton and Leicester. Uh, Brighton and Leicester, Arsenal and Leicester. Um, they played, obviously they brought a few couple of the youngsters in, obviously a Lamptey, I think is his name, your old, obviously your old player, Alex. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he looks quite decent in fairness. What, what do you make of them so far? Yeah, I mean, well, Brighton, as I say, I think they've won, is it 3-20 and 20 and 2 against Arsenal? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that their last loss to Arsenal was October 2017, about two months after they got promoted. So, that says it all. Yeah, no, exactly. But, no, if you're talking about, like, Lamptey, he's a very good player. Um, I mean, he only ever played a handful of games for us. But, to be honest, I was pretty disappointed to see him go because he did look like a, a sort of player that could you know potentially come in the side and stay there but then again I think is it I can't remember if he's a right back is it oh he's a right back yeah yeah so would he replace Reese James probably not so it's probably best up move for him career-wise but no Brighton you know Neil Morpé is it's typical Neil Morpé would have a brilliant game against Arsenal and then miss the penalty <laughs> yeah, um, you know, just complete typical, um, and you knew it would happen as soon as he stepped up for it. But yeah. Brighton had, for me, Brighton have got some decent players, and they, you know, they should never really be too close to the relegation zone. Don't get me wrong, I don't think they're mid-table or anything, but they shouldn't be teetering. Uh, you know, Trossard is a good player, and Aaron Moy, when he wants to play, can be pretty dunk. I think they should, yeah. I think Brighton, they like you said, I think Project Restart basically was exactly what they needed. They needed a break and then they come back. And it's basically like you've not had form because you've not played for three months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so form's out the window. It doesn't really matter what you were doing before because everyone's coming back at different levels. Like like we said, Sheffield United were doing amazing before uh, before the break. And now they're like, they're, they're, they're definitely not going to be in the Champions League. So it's... Uh, I think they'll probably rue coronavirus the most at the moment. <laughs> yeah, definitely going to be interesting into the season. Um, you mentioned Mopay there. I'd be hard pressed not to mention his pre-match comments against Arsenal. Um, and how you know, I think the phrase "rattled" gets thrown around a lot, but I think Arsenal fans have not have been pretty rattled by what he said there. What did you, what did you two make of that whole incident with him and Gwendozi? I don't like Gwendozi. I just no. he comes across as a bit arrogant, to be honest. And from what I've read. It seems like he was showing off how much money he earns. Yeah. And I was like, for me, I'm like, yeah, you earn a lot, but you know, he's a Premier League footballer. He's hardly on the poverty line. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> like, I just found that hilarious that like a millionaire is having it's, is goading another millionaire. I just thought that was quite funny. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he's, I heard he's he's earning less than Mopay anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw that. Yeah. I think it's like Mopay's on like fifty grand, and Gwendoz is only on like forty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as, so, as soon as as soon as you mention your salary for me and how much you earn, football or not, you know, yeah. you're a it's an instant. It's an instant switch off for me. I just, I just think it's such a there, disgusting there, thing to do. There was a time I think when Craig Bellamy he went on a, he went on loan to Celtic and he played in a he played in a Scottish Cup game. It was against like I don't know like the third division of Scotland and um, like when so some of his trash talking was um, he he would say to the players oh my gardener earns more than you guys. <laughs> oh God, I can't put down life. Oh, I can't stand Craig Bellamy. Great footballer, to be fair to him on his day, but he's yeah. such a... I, won't, I mean, I won't say it on the, on the podcast, but yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, um, unfortunately, it's not all quite been um, quite all been so great, the restart. Um, as I'm sure a lot of you have probably seen, um, during the Man City-Burnley game, there was a lot of um, controversy about a certain plane that was going over. Um, about the... For those who don't know or didn't see, there was a plane that went over just right before the game, right before after the players did their um, their take a knee for the Black Lives Matter movement, there was a plane that went over um, and read White Lives Matter Burnley. I mean, we won't get too much into this because it's mainly political, but is there anything you two particularly want to say about that? I would probably say I would expect, I would, I expected, if you could ask me which club, I would probably expect it from Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, typical Brexit town. <laughs> I no mean, comment. To be fair, I, 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 you know, I have to hand it to Ben Mee after the game, uh, and his his interview was, you know, it was class where he sort of you know, put the record right for the club and said like, no, this isn't anyone here. This is literally one stupid idiot that's done it. But you know, spent thousands take, one idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those takes, banners you know. to get plane company to take it up and do it and at that time and yes yeah, uh... you know the protests have been very close to where i live there was one that was well documented in the papers a couple of weeks ago in hoddeston hertfordshire and that one you know it's ridiculous what these sort of things are but that's the way it is yeah i mean the, the only thing i'd really say is that I mean, I think if you read some of the comments, both on Burnley's post and some of the stuff that Sky and BBC are posting about it, there are people in there that, you know, defend what was being said and, you know, don't understand what was wrong with it. And I think that, you know, we talk about education all the time, but, and you know, but when we tell them, you know, when we when they say that, you know, well, do you suddenly think white lives don't matter? And we say, no, that's not what we mean at all. And we try and explain it. Like, I forget who it was, but someone on Sky Sports was was doing the same thing and basically spent three minutes explaining why this wasn't appropriate and what the movement was really about. And people in the comment, people in the replies just don't want to hear it. Like, so yes. I think some some cases it's just a case of people being too stubborn. But other times you have to admit you have to you have to wonder, are we doing a good enough job conveying our message? Is something being lost there? Because it's, I don't a, lack, think... it's a lack of education. I mean, it is. Talks, it is as well. You look but... at the talk sport Facebook page. Oh, my days. <laughs> just just doesn't i mean it is i mean you, you are right but at the same time you know we have to make do with what we've got and if you know we have to try our best to get this message across as best we can and you know i'm a, I'm a bit disappointed with how little it seems to be working in this particular sphere but i mean again i don't want to get too much into that because that's my that's the politics uh, yeah exactly we're not <laughs> that's the last thing i want to bring on to here believe you me 
so yeah, I mean, I guess looking ahead, um, Chelsea Man City is still nil nil. Um, so nothing to talk about that that so far. Actually, coming on to Burnley, that's a good point before I talk about the game. Um, don't think you, any of you two have seen the reports about Sean Dyche that have just come out today. Apparently, there's been a you know it is all this is all just paper talk. Nothing's been confirmed. And Dyche himself even denied it in his in his um, pre-match interview. But there's been reports of his relationship with Burnley chairman Mike Garlick. Great name, that. Um, you know, sort of deteriorating and the lack of finances, and particularly over Jeff Hendricks' new contract, which he's refused mm. to sign. He'll be leaving the club. He's one of their best, their most important players. I mean, Andrew, Burnley can't afford to lose Dice, surely, can they? No, I don't think they can. Um, he has a specific style, and he has made the best with. I, I would, I mean, I don't think I'm being harsh. A lot of championship players, but he's maximised what they've got. He, I definitely think, I mean, I've read that he's been linked to like Palace, West Ham, Villa. You know, he probably could get one of those moves because, like, whilst Burnley is, you know, they've done well, it's not, it's a very, I mean, I, I work in Burnley two days a week, so I do know. Um, it's a very, like, it's a small town. They've got, 25,000 season ticket holders but you know the potential isn't there to you know become a big club so I think I probably if I wasn't being backed and supported I'd probably look elsewhere to like clubs like West Ham and Villa where the potential is much higher yeah I mean I know I you left Palace out of that one uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean in, 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 in all fairness if Dyche is leaving because he's not being backed, I'm not sure he'll get much of that at Palace because we barely no, spent a right. penny in the transfer window since Roy came in. I think Chiate for £10 million is our most expensive signing. We've got we've got majority shareholders in Josh Harris and David Blitzer that want to sell the club, so I don't think he'll be getting backed anytime soon no. there. Even though I would like him at Palace, I think he would do well for us. Uh, there was a question over the youth players, but I think he would probably be a bit better than Roy, given that you know, obviously Dwight McNeil's come through. But e- either way, yeah, I think that... I think I think Burnley have got to throw the kitchen sink at him to get him to stay because it's he's I mean he really has worked miracles at that club I know it's been said time and time again but and the thing about Burnley as well unlike Palace where we have more of a director of football approach now the whole club revolves around him like that, that the whole structure is based on him and if they lose him all of that is damaged so you know for, for me they've got to they've got to try and keep him as long as they can and if they can't then I do fear for Burnley because like you said they are a much smaller town than most other clubs in the league and mm. it's going to be hard. Yeah, Burnley is traditionally have been if we're honest over the last 20 years majority of the time they've been in the championship or they've, been, they've had years in League One as well so yeah. for them to be you know they, they came seventh one season seventh so yeah they, they were in the Europa League like they need to back the guy who got them there not Treat him like I mean he's done most of his job on I know they've spent a bit on the strikers like Vokes and Chris Wood but a lot of the players he's brought in like Aaron Lennon, Bardsley they're all like free transfers as well. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think the the talk about Dyche leaving to be honest all paper stuff. I mean you look at it's quite easy to make a story out of is it three players haven't been extended deals when they should have done. Um, yeah. Hendrick being probably the, the the biggest loss out of the three. Yeah, I mean I can't even remember the other two. I just watched the <laughs> game. Um, but you know, it, there's I there's just so easy to create a story about it at the minute because of the situation that's happened. I think it is just literally a case of once this season's over, they'll sit down, sort something out, and then you know, hopefully for Burnley's sake, they they actually sort something. 
Yeah, um, for sure. But I'm sure Burnley fans would agree with that. I suppose the last thing really left to talk about is now that the race we've started again, what the races for the top six and the and the relegation battle is looking like. So we'll start with with the top of the table. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to come straight out. Having seen the two of them um, since the start, I think Leicester are going to drop out the top four. And United are going to replace them. Whether fifth place will still be a Champions League spot, I don't know because of City's. It's just, if City's bad up health, then it will be. But I think in terms of guaranteed Champions League, I think Leicester have just fallen off the rails recently. Obviously, they drew at Watford, got a last-minute winner, and then conceded a last-minute equaliser. And Brighton, they couldn't even score and probably should have lost the game if Mopé could actually take a penalty. And United have looked good. So what do you guys think? I think for Spurs and Man United, the break was probably the best because United yeah. didn't have Rashford. He was out with his back injury. He said he wasn't going to play again this season. He's had three months off. He's done an amazing project as well. I've got to give him credit for that as well. And he's come back. And Pogba's come back now as well, who, again, it looks like unlikely he was going to play again. And then Spurs have had Kane, Sod and Bergwin, who are all ruled out for the rest of the season. They're all playing now. So <laughs> I think them, those two have got... I, I think Man U, like you said, Man U have got more of a chance, but I think Spurs might be pushing as well. I, I mean, I'd still fancy Wolves, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Um, yeah. Jimenez yeah. at the moment is what he's so good in the air, isn't he? It's... Yeah, like I've always said this from the beginning of the season. Like if we weren't getting Werner, I would have had Jimenez any day mm. at Chelsea. But yeah, Wolves for me is one that I think needs to be kept an eye on. I think, like Jules says, you know, Leicester will probably drop out because they've they've just not been at the races. But there would be an argument that they've overachieved this season anyway. Yeah, I think. You know, again, using the whole Chelsea um, sort of viewpoint, like if Leicester do drop out, then I think it's easier for us to get Chilwell as well. But, <laughs> um, you know, we'll just take all their best players season by season. But it's, you know, I think the top, top five, top six, you're probably looking at, I think Wolves will creep in ahead of Spurs. I think Spurs have left too much to do, um, even with the players that they've got back. Uh, but yeah, I could see Man United sort of going up. But again, it was only Sheffield United that you know Sheffield United have been poor. That's so true. it's you know I, I I would leave a bit of judgment on that. But again, I, I can't speak too much about Chelsea because it's only been one and a bit game so far. So yeah, I mean I just look at Wolves and I think maybe the teams above them just got a little too much quality um, for Champions League level. Uh, but I mean, they are they are a really good side, and it wouldn't be at all surprised me if they could sneak into the I top mean, five. To be fair, Wolves are still in the Europa League, so if they yeah, win, exactly, then yeah, yeah, you know, albeit go through go to the Champions League yeah. through that. I would expect Adama Traore will be going somewhere good. Like, he's well, unbelievable. Wolves, is, yeah. Wolves, in my opinion, not the nicest city. He will be going. <laughs> he will be going to. Uh, I think he'll either go back to Spain. Or he's one of again one of the big clubs will be go. He probably go for 70, 80 million. I mean he's probably. he's incredible. He's so strong as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted us to sign him when Middlesbrough went down because he's yeah. just he's he's, he's tailor made Zaha replacement. He's got Palace written all over him. Um, but you know obviously we'll be not not anymore, George. <laughs> <laughs> I mean historically we've always had great wingers and <laughs> we beat you this season as well. So. Um, and, well, I mean, my point is, yeah, I mean, Wolves, for me, I think being a solid Europa League side is going to be their focus and then pushing on slowly for the future with, with Nuno at the helm as long as possible. And then for Leicester, 
for me, Champions League football's got to be their priority. Just get that place secure so they can bring in, attract better quality players and start the building project from there. But yeah, definitely going to be interesting to see how this final race goes. I'm definitely excited for it. Um, and then the relegation battle, um, I'll be honest, apart from Brighton, I think the bottom five have shown why they're the bottom five since they got back. It, you know, nearly all of them have lost since they came back. Um, the one I really worry for is West Ham. Um, I know they've got a slightly better run in than the others, but they just look so hopeless, especially against Wolves. They just had no creativity, no no spark, no ideas. You know, I do I do worry. For, well, I wouldn't say I worry for them, but you know, I'm not the biggest fan of West Ham. And, I, you know, I'm still a bit salty after taking a bow from us. But... You know, yeah, as in terms of West Ham fans, yeah, it's not looking good for them. I mean, their last, what is it, seven, six, six, the six fixtures they've got, or seven fixtures they've got, I think the the schedule even spells ha-ha to them. Yeah, um, <laughs> I saw that. You know, it's, I, I, I fancy West Ham to stay up, to be honest. I know they've got a tough run in, but, and, you know, they've not played very well at all, but they've got too many good players to be where they are. You know, I watched Bournemouth against Palace. They they just they didn't look like they even wanted to be there. And for me, Villa uh, essentially down already. Um, I know they're level mm. points with Bournemouth, West Ham, and I think uh, Watford moved a point above, didn't they? But you know, I, for me, Villa just yeah, they, they've had a bit of luck, but they're, they're lucky to be where they're at now. I just want. Newcastle to have the takeover completed. We've had 10 weeks. Yeah. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? They support piracy. We've had every MP saying, oh, you know, Saudi Arabia should not be involved. We've had fiancé of people who live in Saudi Arabia complaining about this. (laughs) I just wonder, (laughs) what an answer. Like, is it going to happen or not? Because I don't want to get... This is 10 years of pending takeovers. And it's just... This is just taking the biscuit. Yeah, it's so, it is so quintessentially Newcastle, isn't it? I mean, we are out of time, unfortunately, but definitely one worth bringing up again soon. Because I'll be honest, I completely forgot the takeover was still on the cards. It's been that long. It's taken yes. that long. So Man City get bought in literally a week. The guy yeah. Puts a on, bid in, on deadline day, they get bought. bought. Yeah. Bought within a week, and they're signing Rubinho within yeah. days. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just oh, so Newcastle. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, that's that's about all, all the time we've got. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining me again. It's been great to be back. Um, and, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. If you liked, be sure to subscribe uh, to our channel. Obviously, be sure to follow uh, each other's work. Still at uh, Last One on Football. Be sure to check out their work. Um, and, yeah, thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you guys later. Take care.